welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. I'm a photographer who has lived most of my life in Austin, and I've had the fortune to have been surrounded most of that time by many great artists, makers, and creative people, a lot of whom I call my friends. It has been a real treat to sit down with them in conversation to ask questions about who they are and why they do what they do and how. And there are many, many amazing people in Austin I don't know, and I'm very much looking forward to finding them and sharing what I learn with you with the hopes that it will add some value to your life or will at least, as interviews can do, help us realize how similar we all are and are often dealing with the same fears and challenges in life. My guest for this episode, number seven, is Paloma Mayorga, who just won Best Visual Artist in the 2017 Austin Chronicle Reader's Poll. She is a wonderfully sensitive and thoughtful artist, along with her skills that she has developed since college as a curator and work in arts administration at the Mexican-American Cultural Center, the Syria Project, and now at Mexicarte. Talk about someone who is really involved in the arts community. So here is Paloma. Okay, Paloma, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I think we met, I was kind of looking back through my photos, and we met at the Syria Project when you came to do a print there. I remember. Was that five years ago? Um, yeah, it was back in 2012, I yeah. believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been following your work ever since, and I'm. it's really inspiring. I really love your work. Thank you. So... What I ask a lot of people is, you know, like if you meet someone for the first time and they ask you, what do you do? What do you tell them? Um, I tell them that, well, I'm a visual artist and then I also do some curatorial work mm-hmm. um, and I'm also in arts administration. So, yeah. and I think that all of that um, sums up pretty much yeah. what I'm interested in. Okay. <laughs> so what, if you think back to when you were a kid, can you kind of pinpoint a time when you kind of started thinking about art or were influenced by anything in particular or your parents or any in any way that you kind of started thinking about, like, oh, I could be an artist or you just started drawing or painting? Well, so as a kid, I was uh, I was definitely very creative. I was always drawing, you know, coloring, which I guess is what you do yeah, as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so... Definitely very creative, um, but I didn't really see art as something that I could do or, you know, didn't see it as a career really until uh, I got to college and I took a, um, a drawing class. Mm-hmm. Um, before then, I I mean, in, in high school, I was in the art classes that my high school offered, which weren't yeah. very advanced at all. But you didn't go out of your way? To- um, no, it was just, just something that I was interested in, right. um, but... Yeah, I mean, I didn't even really go to college to study art. I went for animal behavior. Okay. Um, yeah. And when, but I decided to take a drawing class, and I kind of fell in love with it, and like with the idea of art as a mm. career. What did you fall in love with exactly? Do you um, think? I think the. I mean the. I don't know if this makes sense but like the physicality of it like your body is very much in the process of drawing specifically for that Mm -hmm. class um and then with painting and i mean even now with like the photographs that i do um it is very much like a bodily experience Mm. for me um and i think that's mostly what i fell in love with um i think also i realized that it was a very um calming thing for me uh, I mean, at times it is also very frustrating when you yeah. can't get something quite right. But I think definitely the the act of observing was something very meditative um, that I enjoyed about it. Like observing things that you're drawing or painting? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, observing them, not just kind of like looking at them. I guess that's not definitely something that I learned in that drawing class in college um, was the the act of actually looking at something and like transferring that onto paper. Um, it was something very, and there was something very intimate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you're saying at the same time though, and I'd never really thought about this with drawing or painting, you're mm-hmm. actually also kind of 
inhabiting your body in a specific way that's not like any other thing that you do in your life you're you're kind of the only other the physicality thing, the only it. other thing is yoga okay <laughs> um, wow that's so, interesting yeah um so with like that act of observing what was something that i learned um in this drawing class was that you know you have this idea of what things look like in your head mm-hmm. and typically whenever people draw um they draw the things that they think they see Mm. rather than actually drawing the thing that they're observing. Um, Wow, okay. So, and I think that that was, I don't know if like a theory or a practice um, that kind of transformed the way that I looked at things. You know, so just really observing. And again, just like transferring that rather than like drawing what you think is there. Um, And that actually came about specifically with like self-portraits, right? Because you have like this idea of what you look like in your head. Um, but it's not necessarily an accurate representation <laughs> yeah. of like what is here. Yeah. It, it, that makes me also think that it must be interesting to see, like if you were the model, how mm. everyone else saw you too, if the, everyone else was drawing you. I don't think that we ever did um, anything where we were like drawing each other, but yeah. we did. Um, and, and even, you know, not just like in drawing, but then in painting and even in sculpture, you had to do um, self-portraits um, like, this one that is sitting next to yeah, me. Yeah, right. Um, so that was a very interesting experience. Um, just observing yourself um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to create those self-portraits, but then also, I mean, just with um, creating artwork with anything else. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of got the bug, then you just started taking more classes? and. Yeah, I actually, um, I took... I want to say all of the classes that I could take and even more than that. Um, mm-hmm. I took several classes that didn't even count for anything because I yeah. had too many art credits. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> you were so, just so ho- hooked. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, I took classes in, in all the different, disi- not disciplines, in all the different mediums. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were at that time most drawn to what medium? At the time, I was doing painting, uh, oil painting specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there was something very physical about it. Um, and I think that also, like, the the textures that I could get with it, I really used to lay on, um, like, thick layers of paint. So it's um, almost three-dimensional. It, it was very much three-dimensional, yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you start? thinking about your art as a way to really express how you were feeling or to address issues in the world or anything like that. Was that from there from the beginning or is that something that kind of you realized as you went along that you could, there was some power there? I think that in the, like in my painting classes mostly um, is when I started thinking uh, more about artwork as a form of self-expression with like, um, I guess that maybe it was the way that the drawing classes were, were structured, um, or even the printmaking classes, like you're learning all these techniques. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I guess I hadn't really worked with oil before, so it was still learning that technique. Um, there was, or actually now that I, I think about it, it was, yeah. um, at the same time as taking these art classes, I was also taking philosophy courses um, and art historical courses. Yeah. Um, so definitely studying like how artists, you know, throughout time have used it as a form of self-expression. And get some um, context, how you fit in, how yeah. your work might fit in. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those classes also, um, or the, the art classes really pushed for like this interdisciplinary um, practice. Hmm. So it was, I guess, yeah, at the time I was taking those philosophy courses. So a lot of the things that I was thinking and feeling at the time um, worked their way into those paintings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess with the, or in regard to bringing in, you know, responding to like things that are happening politically or socially, um, I think that started happening more um, after college. Um, And actually kind of around the time whenever I did that, that first Planet Series project. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you 
did all your classes, you graduated from college, and then what are you thinking at that point? I need uh, a job. That you're going to do with your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? um, need like a real job. I need a real job, yeah. Okay. Um, so shortly after graduating, I started working at the Mexican-American Cultural Center in Austin. Right. Um, so seeing the exhibits that came through there, I think – I mean, there were a lot of exhibits, you know, that were very inspiring, um, specifically this one um, by Rigoberto Gonzalez, I think is his name, mm-hmm. um, this artist from McAllen who does these large-scale, incredible Baroque-esque paintings mm. um, of the um, the cartel violence on the border. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that was definitely one that that stuck with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, using, you know, in this beautiful art form to talk about these social issues. Okay. Um, and I want to say that that was around the time whenever I um, was introduced to Siri Project. Yeah. So you saw his work and maybe you had known this, but you kind of had a realization that the artwork could be very powerful and kind of communicating messages. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing at the Mac? Um, I was uh, just doing administration. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not just administration. I had a lot of different <laughs> yeah. uh, roles. Um, one of them was um, being a docent. So I think that, I mean, as one of the docents there, I got to, interview the artists that were oh, wow. coming through and just kind of getting a private tour of their exhibits so that then I could communicate those concepts and ideas to And have conversations the with them. And- mm-hmm. Wow. That was okay. definitely a very uh, a special and privileged experience. Formative time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then once you – so you got invited to do a print with the Serie A project – um, well, I, I guess I applied. Oh, okay. You applied. Uh, so I submitted, uh, some, um, uh, well, I guess it was just that the one proposal. Yeah. Um, and I was accepted into that residency. For so that for year. people don't, that don't know, maybe describe the Serie project sure, and so, tell uh, us about Sam Coronado. Sure. <laughs> um, so Serie project is, um, this artist in residency program that, um, this Chicano artist, Sam Coronado, started over on the east side in uh, Montopolis. And I guess it started in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so each year, Sam would invite um, 10 to 12 artists, sometimes more, um, mm-hmm. to come in and learn the art of um, screen printing. And then they would create fine art screen prints. Yeah, and I, I was there because I was... Uh kind of the official photographer and every time an artist would come in, I would photograph them making their print, working with the master printer. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet a lot of great artists from all over the country or even the world that way. It was really a great experience. Definitely. Um, For me, it was particularly great. Um, Well, I did the residency and then maybe about a year or so later, I started uh, working for a Siri project and Coronado studio, which was a, um, the print shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to meet a lot of those great artists and I got introduced to a lot of the, the Latino and Chicano artists of the U S um, through my work there. Yeah. Were you still working at the Mac too or doing both? Um, no, I, um, whenever I started at, well, I guess I first started at Coronado studio and then, um, I went into Serio project. So, right. um, Whenever I started also doing Siri Project, um, I left the Mac. Yeah. And how long were you at Siri? I was at Siri for about two years. Um, shortly after I had started working with the Siri Project um, portion of it, um, Sam Coronado passed. Yeah. Um, so I took on a lot of the the responsibilities for running the nonprofit, um, and it was me and a a solid um, small group of um, of staff, yeah. <laughs> um, that kind of kept it going for, yeah, I think I was there for about two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what came after that? 
after that, um, I took a little time off um, and took care of some some personal things that were happening. Yeah. Um, and then a little while after that, I um, I started helping out with uh, Print Austin, mm-hmm. um, which was, um, I guess, an organization that I had participated in their events uh, while I was at Siri Project. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, I mean, through Siri Project, I definitely got a lot of exposure to, um, I mean, to the art scene in general, <laughs> yeah. um, but specifically to printmaking. Um, I had done some printmaking in college and, um, but I hadn't really experienced that whole scene until um, Siri Project. So it seems like it was really important or it could be important for any artist that's starting out to get themselves in to some organization that's in the arts and get exposure to a lot of interesting people and other artists and events and definitely um I mean it it's definitely impacted the the work and um I guess the the path that I've taken um both artistically and then, um, curatorially, um, and just being involved with those organizations and kind of learning what they do and networking through them. I think that's probably been the, um, the best part about being so involved with those organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially in Austin, because these organizations are fairly small, um, it's very easy to connect with the people that are working there. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a big city, but it's still the art community is pretty tight and most everyone knows everyone. Definitely. Um, I think something that was really wonderful about, um, I mean, both Stereo Project and Print Austin is um, how welcoming the people that are, you know, leading those organizations are. Um, They have no problem with like answering questions and, you know, connecting you to the right people. and just kind of welcoming any help or, you know, volunteer hours that you want to put in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I guess thinking back to when you got out of college, like what did your work look like then? And kind of when did you first maybe have something that looked like a a, a series or kind of like a style that you developed? Like, tell Well, me about that, that was definitely like the – having a a series of works was definitely something that you learn in college, you know, with your, um, with your thesis or your senior show is what artists do. Um, so that concept is, is very much explored in that. Um, my work then was looking very different than it does now. Mm. Um, because I was working specifically with oil painting and it was all kind of abstract, surreal, um, and I was doing um, still. I was also doing still life then, but they were very, very different. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that because I was still experimenting with a lot of those um, techniques and, and mediums, um, the work looked very different. Um, now, I, I'd like to think that it's um, a little bit more refined yeah. um, and clean. Uh, I think also those. Uh, techniques um kind of reflect like the i don't know where i am yeah now personally so then once you got out of college then where did your work go um out of college i kept i kept uh painting Mm -hmm. um so kind of in the same style however um i started doing more self-portraits i mean one because i was the model that i had at hand yeah (laughs) um and I think also, you know, personally, I was um, doing a lot of, like, self-reflection. Um, so I guess that translated fairly um, literally <laughs> yeah. um, into my visual work. Um, what kind of things did you, at least, do you remember learning about yourself doing self-portraits? I mean, that must be kind of intense. I think it was definitely Studying yourself so much. Intense, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess at the time I wasn't necessarily painting t- for those finished products to like be seen. Okay. Um, eventually they were at um, 
I guess at my first solo show at the Mexican American Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was maybe like a, a nice shift that happened, you know, was that in college, you're, everything that you create is expected to be seen um, because it's, it is being graded and critiqued. And critiqued yeah. Um, that was something that I missed, not having those critiques um, and, and people creating around you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably why I turned into myself to, um, or for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the self-portraits, again, very much make you self-reflect. Uh, and I think that I started thinking about my place in the world, in the art world, and, you know, in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's why that so much of myself went into those. Yeah. Um, and why, in the end, they're successful as works in and of themselves. And do you look back at that work and cringe, or do you do you feel kind of you have a fondness for it, or...? I think a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> um, I think some things technically, you know, I, I even, you know, think about like going back and like, and, and reworking those paintings. Although there is something really beautiful to me about having that be a representation of, you know, where I was like technically and emotionally and all of these things. Yeah. Were you, when did you start selling work or? Um, has that been a big part of your kind of intention? Do you feel like, or you just kind of wanted to create work because you needed to create work or you weren't thinking necessarily about selling it or. I think that early on, I wasn't really thinking about selling it. You know, there's something very romantic about not commercializing your work, um, which I think is powerful in and of itself but at the same time if you want to continue to create there has to be some sort of you know financial benefit coming from your work so i think that i definitely think about that now uh more so than before um i do think in a way it does influence the kind of work that i create Mm -hmm. uh at the same time i try not to let it affect so much yeah I, I, I'm just trying to imagine, like, if you're just painting for yourself, doing these self-portraits, you're not really thinking about who might see it or if anyone might see it compared to creating work that you might be considering, you know, what kind of visual impact this would have or how appealing it would be visually to someone. Definitely. Seems like that could change the results. I think it does. Uh, I think that specifically, though, it changes the the concepts that are behind it hmm. uh, specifically because I do deal with a lot of issues about identity and about the way that uh, women's bodies are viewed and talked about. So I think that having that idea of my work is meant to be seen hmm. uh, just thinking about how my work is contributing to the conversations that are happening rather than just creating, you know, what, what I'm feeling or, mm. uh, I mean, those things do play into it, but there is this constant, I'm not sure what the word is, uh, self-consciousness, Yeah, you know, that, that other people are looking at it. It's a different type of self-consciousness. Cause I think that before that, that was definitely something that I was thinking about, but it was more about like, how am I being, am I being viewed? Uh, and I think it's, you know, you're, you're kind of still searching for yourself in like your early twenties. Yeah. So I think that self-consciousness was more about that. And now it's more so like, what, what am I contributing? What, how am I impacting, you know, the, the conversations that are happening, the people that are seeing the work, mm. uh, but on a more, I don't know, like globally conscious <laughs> yeah. way, uh, rather than so much like introspection. Mm-hmm. What are some of the women's issues that you feel most passionate about that you try to address? I think for me, a big one is uh, like the over sexualization of the female body or even of fem- 
what we consider to be feminine and not feminine bodies, yeah. right? Um, I think that the rhetoric that we use to talk about it is, or to talk about female bodies specifically is very harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also, I, I think about just the harmful self-talk that we probably all have in some way that we're just kind of, it's part of, I mean, you could just blame our culture or however you want to do that. It's a little general, but um, just the ways, the advertisements, the kind of the media that we've consumed, it's all kind of uh, created a very divisive and categorizing a lot of Definitely. people and types and looks and this is good and this is bad. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, I guess, preconceptions about what is, you know, an attractive body and an attractive body. Like, why does a body have to relate to attractiveness at all? Um, but I think that that, you know, you mentioned like that negative self-talk um, definitely influenced um, the early works that I was doing with photography. Uh, mm. I had a show at the Women's Community Center of Central Texas here in Austin. Yeah, the cruelty free. Yes, and uh, and for that show, I I took photographs of um, of my friends, and I asked them. Which somebody later pointed out to me that this was something very rare. But I asked them to contribute uh, some of their like diary writings. I guess not everybody keeps you know a diary yeah. or a journal or um, does that sort of introspective writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the friends that I photographed at the time all did. So I asked them to, you know, contribute some of those passages that I uh, then overlaid on top of the photographs um, to specifically address that negative cell talk and how, you know, it's, it's something that that most of us do, um, but it's not productive in any way or empowering. You know, it's, I guess I was trying to find some sort of like empowerment in the fact that, you know, this is something that we communally do. Um, but when we talk to each other, we talk in a, a very empowering way and we see uh, we see the women in our lives as very different as what they see themselves as. Mm. Uh, so that kind of got me, I guess, back into those like those self-portraits through the portraits of other friends, if that makes sense. Yeah. Did you, had you already read the journal entries before you did the photography or how did the photographs relate to the journal entries? Like how did they support each other? Um, I was interested in taking portraits of my friends that, that were very informed by what they wanted to talk about, what they wanted to, um, to show. Maybe they already had a, you know, a passage in mind and the portrait reflected that or, it worked a little bit, you know, in the opposite way as mm-hmm. well. Um, so in that moment, I was very interested in telling their the story that they wanted to tell. Hmm. Yeah. And as far as the photography goes, is that something you put a lot of intention in, like the technical aspects of the photography, or was it more about the content? I mean, as far as like, you teaching yourself photography or learning photography. What I like about photography is kind of the same thing that I like about painting and and drawing actually, um, is that act of observing, um, how we, um, specifically for that project, you know, it was about, um, photographing an image of yourself, um, and how, you know, hypercritical we are of photographs of ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Um, in, the media, even in, you know, our family's homes or whatever. Um, so again, like that act of observing like what is there and, and just kind of appreciating, you know, what the camera captured and then, you know, with painting and drawing, like appreciating that, like transferring those observations onto the paper. Hmm. Um, and I think that even, you know, with the work that I do now, which are these, large scale, uh, scans, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, taking something that's like very technical and cold, blowing it up and then just kind of observing 
uh, these really beautiful details within those images. How did you kind of arrive at that process of using the scanner? I mean, it's just a lot of experimentation. No, so specifically that uh, that scanning technique um, was done by, I believe it was a uh, Delilah Montoya, mm-hmm. um, a Siri project. And she did this uh, photograph of her hand clutching this locket with a photo of... Um, yeah, I do remember that one. But I think it was this portrait of uh, Luis Jimenez. I want to mm-hmm. say that that's... Yeah. That was right. Um, I'm, I may not remember the story behind it, but I do remember like... Uh, visually, it, yeah. that was a very strong piece and, and very impactful. And I mean, it looks a, a lot like the work that I'm creating now. Mm-hmm. So she created that using a scanner um, and just kind of leaving the top open and creating, you know, this endless black mm. abyss. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to to try that out and I did. And I kind of fell in love with the process. And again, it it is very much this physical process of, I mean, especially the way that I use it because I like, I lay on top of the scanner and, um, you know, I move my body with these natural components. So I guess there's kind of a recurring theme with, <laughs> yeah. um, with like what I like about the mediums that I, I choose. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what elements you're going to include in a, an image? Uh, I think that I, I do have, you know, these concepts running through my head, but I'm very much a visual person or I'm visually inspired or overwhelmed as well. Um, so I kind of go shopping for flowers yeah, um, and pick out things that are visually inspiring to me. Um, I bring those home and I kind of, you know, play with them. And there is this very interactive or like back and forth relationship with like the concepts and then visually like what, like the materials that I'm working with. So like the type of plant or flower or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit of both like the, the flowers inform the themes a little bit. And also if I have a very specific theme in mind, I'll go out and find a flower that kind of like to me represents that, or I think is going to be helpful in communicating those ideas. What are maybe some specific concepts or themes that you're kind of that are running through your head when you're doing this? Sure. Uh, so, well, specifically, whenever I started the the new large scale scanned works, is um, again that like that theme of women's bodies and how they're, I mean, not just talked about, but like manipulated and, um, and physically treated. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I think some of like the, the, the first series of works that I got very excited about was using like peonies, mm-hmm. um, specifically before, you know, they open up there, are these like pink little balls, which to me were very breast like, yeah. um, so there's definitely this connection between, you know, the physicality of the plant and the physicality of women's bodies. Um, and I think also once I started, you know, thinking more about like that rhetoric, I see how there's definitely this connection between, um, the way that we talk about women's bodies and the way that we talk about the earth and how we treat or mistreat both of them, uh, in, a lot of different languages, you know, the earth is talked about in these like feminine pronouns. Yeah, Mother uh, earth. Exactly. So to me, that mm. was a very interesting connection. Um, again, and how we're, we're mistreating these, uh, the bodies of women, but at the same time, mistreating the earth. Yeah, I can see how that's totally related. Mm-hmm. I really can. So I think, Maybe there's, you know, more research that I need to do in that <laughs> area, but, but yeah, that was an interesting concept for me. How do you think that the recent, um, kind of outing of all these men who have, you know, sexually harassed or abused women, how does that kind of fit into the, the discussion, the conversation that you're having? Uh, so I think, work? 
I mean, I think it's definitely very empowering, you know, that these women are talking about these things and and that they're being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's definitely a lot of work to be done on that. Um, you know, a lot of people tend to not believe the women or not believe that these men are like capable of doing these things. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think again on that end, there's a lot of work to be done, but it's, it's definitely a positive thing that we're talking about it. Right. Um, I think because they're things that we don't like to think about, we definitely don't want to talk about them. Yeah. So. And what has your experience been as a woman dealing with men and dealing with those kinds of issues? I mean, um, well, definitely uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's, I mean, I guess it's, it's not necessarily something that, that I don't talk about um, because I don't want to talk about it, but those conversations don't normally just kind of, you know, pop up in an everyday conversation. So yeah. we, we don't talk about those things. Um, Even with other women you're saying, or just in general in the media, we're not talking about it enough. Uh, I think, I think a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um I think that I also, you know, started surrounding myself with very empowering women, hmm. uh, where we were talking talking about these things, um, and just kind of, I guess, trying to do so in a way that we can make each other feel safe but unsafe at the same time, you know. Hmm. Uh, and I mean that in regard to like being prepared or being on guard or being. Um, I guess prepared is, is definitely <laughs> yeah. the word. Or aware. Aware, yeah. How has that in any way manifested in your work, do you feel like? Or maybe do things happen in the world or in the news? Do they then trigger or inspire you to create new work? Is that how it works or does it come more randomly? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, yes and no. I think that a lot of... Whenever I listen to a lot of news segments or, you know, watch what's happening on TV and um, all of these things, it's it, it doesn't inspire me to create work. You know, it, it kind of just makes you want to. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Oh, okay. No. Um, at the same time, I find through my artwork um, – well, I guess something that I'm I'm looking for specifically is, you know, this like way of healing from, from those things. Um, but also being inspired and like trying to, I don't know, I was going to say provide healing, but that, that sounds very like self-righteous and that's not what I mean. I just mean, um, I guess finding like empowerment in, kind of connecting with the shared experience or I think that's a, that's a <laughs> good way of putting it. Um, I think that like through my process of healing, um, I'm hoping to inspire healing in other people as well. Yeah. Um, or at least a little bit of this like communal self reflection about some of these concepts. What kind of feedback have you, received about this series of work in particular, if any, from people that is like meaningful to you? Yeah. Um, I think that, well, I haven't heard, you know, any like negative things. Maybe people yeah. have been keeping those to themselves, but, I, I um, but I any. think that people tend to connect with them. Um, I do think that I, I make a conscious effort to be vulnerable in the creation of those works. And I think that that's something that that people respond well to and and connect with. Um, I don't know. And hopefully maybe like find empowerment in like that, like showing that vulnerability so that maybe we can build this like collective strength to like talk about these concepts and like, and, and find strength in one another. Yeah. I've actually, it's interesting that you bring that up because I've often thought myself if through photography I could 
process things that I've experienced or gone through and almost think about them as I'm creating the work. And I always wondered whether that could in any way be translated through the work to where someone would actually perceive it. And you're saying that you feel like with your work that your vulnerability, you think that people can connect with that. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, as, as much as we like to think that, you know, we're, we're unique in the experiences that we have. Um, I think that a lot of those experiences are shared. So if you're experiencing something like through or showing that experience through a work, people are very receptive to that. Um, and they may not necessarily know how to, or have the, like that avenue for that self-expression. So seeing it in other people's work definitely resonates with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, you know, you can, you can put all these thoughts into a work and it's not received in the way that you intended it. And I think that that's, I mean, that's part of it. And, and that's something very, I don't know, powerful in and of itself, um, that people can find different meanings or different forms of, at least with my work, like different forms of like empowerment, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and apply it to their own experiences. So, and, and I guess that's kind of, um, what I mean earlier, what I meant, uh, whenever I talk about like having something to contribute and, and yeah, just contributing to that dialogue with people, you know, it's not, we're not necessarily having like two different of experiences, but if we are, then I don't know. I feel like that there's always this like visual common ground. Mm-hmm. And you're still doing that work or yeah. What are, um, what are you doing currently? Oh, um, the, the large yeah. skull photographs. Uh, yeah, I think. You're not done with that yet. There's still no, some I think, things you want to explore. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, there's a lot of different plants that I haven't worked yeah. with, right? <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I was going to ask you um, what the connection is with nature or the plants or like what does that symbolize for you? I mean, do you go out in, to nature and see things and feel kind of inspired to try to express something specific because of you know, the way something looks or the way it makes you feel. Yeah. I think, I think that maybe in that process of healing for me, nature is very healing, Mm -hmm. um, which is interesting because it, you know, the earth needs a lot of healing as well. Yeah. Uh, so for me, there's definitely that connection there. So going out, to nature and finding these elements or, I mean, going out to the grocery store and finding, you know, those elements and like the flowers, mm-hmm. um, or like the variety of flowers that, that are there. Um, for me, that is a very healing and meditative process. Mm. Um, but then coming back, you know, home to my scanner and, and working with those, it's, I guess it's, it's a whole experience. Um, and working with the materials directly onto the scanner is very is yet another level of like meditation and this intimate experience with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I end up kind of destroying the <laughs> um, the yeah. plants uh, that I'm working with because you know I, I I try to scan the the objects as they are with you know me. I don't know, maybe like softly interacting with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually, you know, taking them apart and creating these different compositions with them. Um, and again, for me, that's a, that's a way for me to, to get a little bit outside of my own head, um, uh, and into this like physicality of like messing with the, uh, with the materials or with the plants. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if there isn't something in that kind of the deconstruction or destruction of the plants that it just makes me think of we were talking about the environment or the earth or whatever, you know, if there's some, some parallel there or connection. Perhaps, uh, I guess. <laughs> it sounds probably not, um, doesn't not, sound very positive. <laughs> I guess not. I'm talking about the destruction of <laughs> <Yeah>. nature <laughs> and I'm sitting here destroying it. Um, but it's for a good cause. I, I hope so. Um, 
I mean, I think for me, like, again, being so involved with the plants themselves, I think mm-hmm. that that's like where I find that healing. Uh, I mean, you know, that very physical healing with like, with like my hands actually like making my way through. Yeah. Um, through the plants that I bring in. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to respond to that. I hadn't really thought about it in that way. <laughs> I actually don't think it's that bad because, um, I mean, you know, all living things decay and and fall well, apart eventually. You know, which it's is not- actually very interesting that you say that because that's kind of how I got into this medium specifically, or hmm. not with the the scanning. The scanning was, you know, with this print that I saw, but with bringing in these natural elements. Um, at my old studio, that you know, I had this green belt behind um, behind the studio, and I would go out there, and I would find you know these different things um, like um, deer carcasses and oh, wow. <laughs> um, and like random animal bones and, and things like that. So I would bring those in, and because at the time I was doing a lot of painting, where I was very you know closely observing these things and. And transferring that onto a canvas, um, I I realized that I very much wanted to. I don't know. I had this like obsession with like preserving these discarded elements mm. of nature. You know that once were life, but now we're no longer. Um, and that's when I started incorporating those natural elements into um, into my work, into the photographs, and then eventually into the the scans. Mm. So. I guess it did begin with like trying to preserve these. Things. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're preserving them in your photographs and the the scans. I, yeah, yeah, in a sense, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. It was. I mean, with the with the scans, it's um. There is this very. Well, I think that's why I turned maybe to photography a little bit more, and, and I do consider these scans um, photographs. Mm-hmm. Um you know, documenting these things in, um, in these very like lively moments, mm. um, and then blowing them up and observing these little abstractions, you know, that are, that are within them. So I guess it does, you know, come from a, a place of like trying to preserve these things. When was your solo Mia show? Was that something that incorporated some of this work we're talking about and other work? self-portraits uh, yeah so solo mia was the i exhibited that in two places so the first one was at the mexican-american cultural center mm-hmm. um and what is now the sam coronado gallery yeah uh huh. so i exhibited these in the large-scale format there for the first time yeah which was very interesting because whenever i created these works my intention was always to do them large-scale but I never had the the place to exhibit them or even, mm-hmm. you know, open them up completely. Uh, and then it was the first time that I that I should that I got the, the photos developed at mm-hmm. that scale. Yeah. Um, and I actually saw them for the first time at the gallery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they they ship them to you in a roll uh, and I didn't want to uh, damage them you know, by unrolling them in the studio. So I took them there directly and, and unrolled them. Wow. So that was a, a pleasant surprise yeah. <laughs> to see my work in the way that I had envisioned it originally. And being in that specific gallery too. Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's... Definitely. That I mean, it's a, it's a pretty large gallery, so it was nice to be able to work in that large scale. Yeah. And you, so you had scans, but, did you also have some other type of photography? Um, I think for that show, no, I had the the scans and also I did an installation piece. Okay. Uh, which were, it was this, this long series of um, these little, I don't know, paintings, I guess. Um, so it was vellum, which I had... Um, I had stained with like lipstick by like kissing the vellum and then mm-hmm. covering it in like oil paint and wax and creating these very um, skin-like uh, little pieces mm. uh, that then I uh, tacked onto the wall and, and created this this large series. So it was it was that installation piece along with the large scale 
photographs. And what kind of reception did you get from that work, from that show? Um, well, again, a lot of uh, very positive responses. Again, I think that people uh, connect with them because the you know the concepts that I talk about are not are not anything new, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and so people, because there is, you know, this platform where you can talk about these concepts, um, and maybe, you know, the work hopefully acts as, you know, a, I don't know, like a launching pad or like, you know, something, something physical that you can point to when you're talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, people very much connected with the work there. And then the same show I took over to Southwestern University, which is um, where I went to college at. Mm. So that was, I mean, that was very empowering in and of itself. You know, yeah. the, the place where I kind of started creating everything invited me to show my work as a professional artist after, you know, I guess several years after graduating. Yeah, that's a great uh, accomplishment, I think. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To come full circle back to where you started. Yeah. And, and, you know, I did an art talk there and I mean, I was definitely very nervous, but feeling very empowered being able to, to talk about, you know, the process and, um, and just my work with students who were also very intrigued and, you know, hopefully I provided some inspiration in that regard as I'm well. Sure. Yeah. So how does curation kind of fit into your life also? Well, I started curating again when I was at Serie Project, putting together um, exhibits of the prints that were in that collection. Uh, and I, I guess from having a lot of friends that are artists and seeing, you know, the, the great work that they're also creating, um, I got inspired to collaborate with them and, and put these shows together. And, and I, I found I guess a love of <laughs> curating um, mm-hmm. through these collaborative exhibits that I was doing. Um, that act of collaboration for me is very empowering. Um, you know, working with other artists or other curators or you know other leaders in the arts and um, and putting together a show to to help bring exposure to these artists and and their own works. Mm-hmm. So. I think that, I don't know, bringing it like up to, you know, the, the work that I'm doing now, um, I'm surrounded by a lot of very creative people and I find inspiration in their work as well. So having the opportunity to work with them and show their work, um, I feel very privileged being able to, um, to have that and to, you know, to have these artists, um, I guess, trust me with their work as well. Um, to me, that collaboration is, is very powerful. Yeah. So give me a picture of like where you are right now, what you have going on now and, and in the near future. Yeah. So, um, currently I'm working on, um, this exhibit for print Austin. It's the print Austin invitational. Um, and I'm bringing, um, three artists and an artist collective to uh, Lincoln Penn Gallery for a printmaking show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Print Austin Invitational, um, I guess, was made to exhibit contemporary artworks in printmaking. Um, and for me, because of my history with Stereo Project, I'm very interested in screen printing. And the artists that I'm uh, bringing to the show all use screen printing, but in very like unconventional ways, whether um, it's like part of their process or their end product, you know, they're all of them are, um, I guess, creating these very like interdisciplinary works, mm-hmm. um, but all using some form of screen printing. Um, and the, I'm very excited to be working um, with these artists, which are um, Michael Menchaka, Nancy Guevara, um, Miriam Dishkema, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, Collective Essentials. Okay. And when will that be? That will be in uh, January through February. I'm trying to think of the dates. Yeah, no, that's all right. Them up. I'll, we can, I'll, I'll put it on there. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that's going to be part of Print Austin in 2018. Mm-hmm. And you're also working now where? Uh, currently, I'm working at Mexicarte Museum. Okay. So, and yeah, what are you doing there? Uh, I, I do development there. Mm-hmm. So that I guess that's another aspect of what I do um, is arts administration. Um, I guess I'm very interested in how these institutions, um, I guess, survive in a, especially in a political climate where, you know, mm. funding for the arts is being taken away. Yeah. How dire is the situation? Do you feel like kind of being on the inside? Um, I mean, I think that there's definitely a shift toward, um, finding other sources of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, institutions that are also, you know, still supporting the arts. Um, but I definitely see that there has to be some sort of shift so that, you know, all of your funding isn't coming from one, one source. Yeah. I'm wondering maybe, you know, you have your, your different roles as an artist, as a curator, as an art administrator. Do you have any, do you have any advice or things that you've kind of figured out? Do you think would be helpful to other artists? Definitely. Um, I think, I think that getting involved in, you know, the, the arts community, wherever they're at, um, trying out different things in the arts, you know, I, I would have never known that I, um, that I enjoyed arts administration unless I would have, you know, taken this opportunity at Coronado Studio and then Seria Project, which was really what kind of launched my career in mm. arts administration and in curation as well. Um, I think that, you know, there's different career paths that we don't consider unless we experience them and, you know, and find some sort of joy in, in those things. Yeah. So I think that that, that would probably be an my advice to them <laughs> get involved get involved and and again like do as much as you can um trying out different roles in within like the the arts scene mm-hmm. it seems like also it's you know positioning yourself in the vicinity of other artists maybe even famous artists or accomplished artists it seems like that's really valuable too definitely uh because you're exposed to I mean, artists that, you know, are not necessarily covered in art history books um, and being involved with with that community, you know, does uh, inspire the work that you're doing, but also helps you see how the work that you're doing is not created in a vacuum. You know, it, it is very much part of this um, this community. And I don't know, for me, I think that that's, what's been most valuable as an artist is seeing, you know, how my artwork contributes to um, the conversations that are happening across, I mean, the country, but also the world. Okay, Paloma. Well, um, that was awesome. I really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on and answering all my questions. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for inviting me. Um, this, This was really nice. Okay. And if um, people want to find your work or learn more about your um, work, what, where, where should they go? They can visit my website, um, and that's uh, palomamayorga.com. Okay. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider sharing it with anyone that you think might get value from it. And also, consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes at the bottom of the webpage for each episode, or also by tapping the Square Austin Art Talk logo graphic on your phone within the podcast app to discover more info related to my guests, their work, and many of the things we mention and talk about in the episode. Please don't hesitate to share any feedback so that I can continue to improve what I'm creating and make it more useful to you. Thanks again for your time and take care.